Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I have a mini episode just for you. Hello, this is part two of a mini series on culture and autism. If you missed the previous episode, it would have been a few episodes ago since I released multiple episodes per week, but there was an episode on the Barbie movie and some of the insights that I took from that and applied to autism and neurodiversity. And that is really what inspired this mini series as I was sitting in the movie theater. And I was like, wait a minute, I have another idea. And then part of me is like, wait, but I don't have any additional ideas. So that's why this is a mini series. Maybe I'll think of additional topics moving forward. If you have any, let me know. I'd love to hear just a fun little spin keeping with current times. And also just, I think to think of things in a different way, but this is part two and For now, this is all that is planned, but part two is all about Taylor Swift. So hang with me. Both of these are like, hang with me, even if you don't love it. I think there are some interesting points to be made here. So even if you're not a lover of Taylor Swift, I still feel like this will be super relevant because... I'm sure you've heard about Taylor Swift, right? With her Eras tour, like it is everywhere. You almost can't miss it. But I also want you to know, if you're a huge Taylor Swift fan, I am not gonna be saying anything negative here. But again, I just want you to think about this in a different perspective. So what does Taylor Swift have to do with autism? You might be asking yourself that. Like I'm not seeing the connection. Taylor Swift's fans are diehard. Like they go all in. It's like you are seeing video after video. You're seeing them pay thousands at times, thousands of dollars to get tickets. They're doing anything and everything to get tickets because they need to be there. They need to be part of the experience. They're sitting there planning out outfits. They're paying attention to what outfit she's wearing at different concerts. They're paying attention to what the surprise songs are, which as a quick aside, I like Taylor Swift. I would not count myself like in this, like all in like vortex, if I'm going to call it that, but I have been paying attention. So I know what's going on, but okay. Back to my point on this. So paying attention to outfits, paying attention to what the surprise songs are. They're literally mapping those out. There were at the start of the tour, there were people already putting out like the set list so people could memorize the set list. And if you haven't seen videos, there's certain songs of hers where she'll like pause and allow the audience to respond or like the audience just naturally responds. Like people are memorizing these things. People are also standing hours upon hours waiting in the merch line. They are scouring for tickets if they don't already have it. They don't have a ticket. They're showing up and sitting outside of the stadium. Like this is next level commitment. And it's also like when Taylor releases an album, people love it. They binge it, right? They know every single in and out of it. And this includes her re-releasing albums. They've already heard the song. And of course, I understand the premise. So don't come at me if you're like, but Taylor, it's different. I know it's different. And I am in full support of her being able to get all the rights to her music. But it's just fascinating to think about the level of intensity that Swifties are going to. So here is how it all relates to autism. I want you to imagine that if your autistic child had an interest that had that same level of intensity, what would we be calling that? 
we would be calling that an excessive interest if we look at the DSM, meaning that the interest is age appropriate. And, and what's ironic about Taylor Swift, it doesn't matter if you're like five or 85, it's age appropriate, but it's like, okay, it's appropriate, but it's also the, the amount a person is interested in it. That's what makes it quote unquote excessive. So excessive interest. And yes, I am using the medical models definition intentionally. So here for a minute is like going all in on, on a topic. A lot of times we'll see people talk about it a lot. They'll research it a lot. They'll know every fact about it. They will constantly be creating activities and tailoring their day around it. Okay. Let's think about that. Let's apply that definition to people who love Taylor Swift and Again, I'm a little nervous to do this episode because Swifties might come after me, but it is this concept of you've gone all in. The only difference as a Swiftie between your interests and an autistic child's interests is social acceptability. That's it. And it's fascinating because this social acceptability, yes, is driven by a large number of people who have gone all in that have been like, this is totally fine. Like, I know people that literally like are scrolling TikTok for hours and hours a day. I guarantee it's having some impact on their life. They're not sleeping. They're waiting for the updates, all of it. Taylor Swift usually, to my knowledge, drops albums like late at night too. And they will like stay up like to like midnight waiting for this album to drop. And I just want to point this out that it is okay if you did that. And where is that line that we don't pathologize the Swifties for what they're doing, but we pathologize autistic children and individuals for their interests. Where is that line, right? And with Taylor Swift, it's easy to be like, well, that's just a passion. It's an interest. Well, why aren't we conceptualizing an autistic child's interest in this same way? And I think that's really, really fascinating to think about is a lot of times, especially traditional therapy models, it's like if your child is talking about their excessive interest, their intense interest, even calling it that. So I'm just going to call it their interest, their passion for the for the remainder of this episode, if they're talking about their passion, we're often teaching them social skills of like, that's not appropriate. You need to dial it back. And of course, yes, there's a time and a place and finding the people who accept you and want to listen to you. But I think that's exactly it is the Taylor Swift community. The Swifties have found other Swifties who are saying, yeah, talk to me all about it. I want to hear every single thing. I have some friends at the gym who like love Taylor Swift. And so we will talk about Taylor Swift at the gym. I find it so fascinating. And like I said, I like her. I wouldn't say that like I'm like a die hard follower of hers, but it's like you find your people. And maybe for your autistic child, that's all that needs to happen is they need to find their people who maybe love computers and technology, who maybe love letters and numbers, who maybe love dinosaurs, who maybe love Thomas the Train, who maybe love those 
those like plushy animals. I can't think what they're called right now. Whatever it is, maybe they just simply need to find their people. And they're they're constantly going into spaces that aren't their people that don't get that interest because all social relationships are, are having a common interest. And so I, I challenge you today that instead of looking at your child's passion as this thing that's problematic, and I'm going to say, the DSM tells us it's problematic, right? But this is the difference. Yes, we we need to note these quote unquote deficits in order to make a diagnosis, but this is where we can shift into neurodivergent affirming therapy to support them. And that's the thing. This is a difference for your child. And maybe some of the difference is you don't want to hear everything about Harry Potter, but they want to tell you everything about Harry Potter. But I'm also going to tell you, this is a way to enter their world, to understand what's important to them, to listen. That will be one of the most validating experiences. Just like if you ask a Swifty about their concert going experience, they love being able to tell you that. And the difference is that there's just this huge community of Swifties that have said it's socially acceptable. Some people that aren't Swifties might be like, yeah, I find it really weird. And that's okay. It it really, really is. And on the whole, we're not like stigmatizing and pathologizing this behavior to be like, this is problematic. So it might just be your child hasn't found their community yet. It might also be that we need to shift this this concept of it's their intense or excessive interest to it's their passion, it's their interest. And we can leverage that interest to enter their world to work on skills too. Maybe, for example, like they really love letters and you're trying to teach them something that they're just disinterested in. Can you use the letters, for example? Or even like potentially, and this is just an example that comes to mind, like experimenting with food. It's like, okay, today we're going to try something that begins with an A. Which A thing do you want to try? Do you want to try apples or do you want to try an apricot? Or do you want to try an avocado? Or do you want to try Annie's crackers? I don't know. I'm just listing things off, right? And so maybe it's using their interest to help them engage in the process more rather than saying, no, 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 this interest is intruding on what we're doing. I have a patient right now, and there's other elements to this with sensory regulation and movement, but I have a patient who loves gymnastics. And so as part of our sessions, we literally, I'll be like, okay, the answer is this, you're going to do this move. Like we brainstorm it together. If it's this, you do this move. And so then I can ask questions and this patient will literally do like different gymnastics moves in response to me. Guess what? I'm getting engagement. They're learning. It's beautiful. They're having fun and all of it. So this whole episode It's just to think of this phenomena of Taylor Swift and how widely accepted it is right now. And can we replicate that for autistic individuals and their passion and their interests? And I know there's some of you who don't love Taylor Swift and don't want to hear about it. And in some ways you're inundated with it. And it's like, yeah, 
we recognize it as someone else's passion too sometimes. So we're willing to listen, even if we don't see eye to eye. The last point that I wanted to make real quick before I wrap up this episode, there is this really funny meme that basically, and this goes in line with what I'm saying of shifting it from a deficit as an excessive interest to a difference that we can embrace and accept. But there's this meme going around about, it's called neurotypical disorder. And it is so hilarious. It literally is basically taking neurotypical behavior and turning it into like DSM type language. And it is like totally a spoof on the DSM criteria. And there is this push from the autistic community that the way that the DSM writes things, it is very deficit-based. It's based in the medical model and it feels very stigmatizing. And basically like it doesn't need to be that way. So an example, pervasive obsession with social banter, interpersonal drama and politics, playing the game, fitting in with a specific social group and or social hierarchy. That's one criteria. Tendency to partake in herd mentality and behavior, right? This is fitting in with with the, the social norms. I talked about that in the Barbie episode. Deficits in ability to understand or exhibit nonverbal communicative behaviors that are outside the narrow range of what is prescribed by mainstream societal expectations. Tendency to use language to say one thing but mean something else. Like, asking how are you doing but not wanting an honest answer right so it's a, it's a totally a spoof but it's this idea that yeah we can over pathologize things and we can put it in this disorder lens and yeah we wouldn't do that obviously this isn't a real criteria we would never see this in the DSM but it is all talking about perspective and so the perspective i challenge you to think about is how can you shift your perspective on your child's passions and really leverage those and embrace those and realize like this is what they absolutely love, just like the Swifties love Taylor Swift. All right, y'all, that's a wrap for this mini episode. Like I said, if you have fun ideas you want me to talk about and review on this podcast in terms of culture, let me know. I hope you enjoyed this mini series and next week's mini episode will be back to our, our traditional format. All right, y'all. Bye. This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode, because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye, y'all, and I'll see you soon.